Welcome back, everybody, to your creativity. It's Dylan, and we are kind of doing a fun, fun show today. It's book ending a interview we did at Fan X about three years ago, almost three years and two weeks, right around there, is when I became aware of Dwight and Shining Armor. And I'm here with the two leads, Caitlin and Sloan. How are you guys? Hello. Today? Doing amazing. How are you, Dylan? I'm good. I am in Woodside High attire today. I was able to get one of the t-shirts in the early days of the show. And <laughs> the awesome merch. Shirt. I love it. I'm wearing the hat. I've got the hat with the logo on. We're all we're all sporting merch today, except for you, Caitlin. What are you doing? I, I could be in costume. They can't see me. You can't. Oh, you're right. No one, no one will believe you. You're, you've got the arm gauntlets on, right? I will neither confirm nor deny that statement. <laughs> there we go. So uh, I interviewed um, Brian and Leanne back then. Um, tell, tell us about your experience meeting them the first time. Oh, okay. So, so Sloan's giving me a look like you start. Um, <laughs> I remember meeting Brian and Leanne for the first time in the chemistry read that I did with Sloan. And I, I actually, I did my first audition just with our casting and then I was supposed to go in for a callback and it's the most Greta story ever. I actually slept through my callback. They told me that the audition was supposed to be at 5.30 and casting moved the session up, but no one told my manager. So I ended up sleeping through my, uh, sleeping through my second callback, very Greta-esque. And I ended up just going straight to the chemistry read with Sloan. So it was from my first audition in the casting office and I had no idea what to expect, but Brian and Leanne were so excited extremely welcoming and I could just tell that they had such a passion for these characters in this project and I was so interested to know what the dynamic of their relationship was and what attributes of themselves they had put into Dwight and Greta which Sloan and I have tried to psychoanalyze <laughs> throughout the season. <laughs> trying to see who's more of who right what, what they're pulling from from real life. It, it seems to be a good mix of both of them and both of us. Yeah yeah and their ideas are so wacky. I, I got that from when I interviewed them. They're, they've just got these wacky ideas. What, yeah, what wacky I, ideas are, are what makes the world go around, you know? Like, when, when you got those unique and different ideas that, that no one's ever thought of before, I mean, it, it's something special. You got to make them. Because, I mean, if you don't do it, then who, who's going to if it's your unique idea, you know? They, they really have such brilliant minds, the way that they have crafted this story so intricately and the things that they think of just to plot foreshadowing devices in our stories, even from the beginning of season one, there's Easter eggs in the opening credits of our show that we didn't even put together until we were reading some of the last episodes. So I'm there's a lot of, um, oh, what, what's the word? Is it farsight? Uh, when, when, they, when they look to the future, well, you know what? Yeah. Words aside, there's a, they, they have a lot of um, integrity when it comes to like, knowing what they want to happen eventually. You know, they have, they have a lot of, uh, they, I'm so bad with words today, <laughs> but, but uh, they, they know what they want and, and they know how to get there. And, and I admire that a lot. We, as we were reading the scripts, we, uh, speaking for myself at least, I would read it first as just a fan of the show and then have to do another pass looking at it as my character, just because it was like reading fan fiction about my favorite characters and getting to see what would happen to them. So I was reading it just as a fan first and I was constantly impressed by what they were able to create with these characters. Nice. And, and Sloan, you uh, meeting them the first time? Oh, I'm so scatterbrained. I, I didn't even <laughs> like, my, my, I can't even like surface a memory of the first time I met them. I mean, I, I guess I have the first time that I, 
I don't know, like, like one of my favorite first memories is like when we were all, we all went to a restaurant uh, in, in the very beginning, like right before we filmed, right? Was that, was, that was before or after, right? The crab plays? Caitlin? I think it was after one of the first nights of filming. Yeah, it was like after the, one of the first nights. And like, obviously I'd met Brian and Leanne previously, but like that was the first time I really got to speak to them and talk to them and get to know them. Uh, so I remember just, you know, sitting at that restaurant with the cast and, and them. And um, I think some representatives of BYU TV were there. And uh, yeah, we just had a great time and, you know, we broke bread and, and got to know one another. And um, it, it was really great to develop that personal relationship uh, before business, really, you know. And that, that dinner was here in Utah? Uh, no, it was in Augusta, Georgia, uh, where we filmed okay. the pilot. Oh, okay. And on, on the Woodside interview uh, yesterday, last night, they talked about, you talked, somebody talked about re, you re-recorded the pilot. Yeah, so in the, so what we did is we filmed the pilot in Augusta, Georgia in 2017, in November. November uh, 2017. Yeah, yeah. And then so they wanted to change something with the ending. I mean, we had filmed the entire first season and we had had extra time because we had filmed uh, quicker than expected. And it's so, so funny. I don't even remember what it was that we needed to change, but it was so important at well, the it time. Was, it was the ending scene. It was the, apparently there was something about... Um, you know, something about sets or something that like they, since we had the set for the castle for the full season, they wanted to like reshoot the castle so that it was all more coherent. Um, so and we also oh, the entire third of the uh, episode, go on. And also I think that um, Claudewig was a character. We originally brought him in as an antagonist in the first episode and he was just written mm -hmm. as a one-off guest star. And our entire cast and crew just fell in love with Evan and we knew that we needed to have Claudewig become a part of our ensemble. So he became my cousin very quickly and we incorporated him into our newfound family in season one. And then we wanted to give him a little bit more heart as we took a look back at the pilot as well. Oh, nice. And that first season was filmed here in Utah. Yeah, in Salt Lake City in a bread factory, which was... <laughs> smelled so good every morning. <laughs> you could hear every airplane, but we made it work. And the pet store is actually down the street from my house. Oh my oh, gosh, really? For, yeah. Um, for, oh, what, what episode was that? Peanut? We filmed Peanut. That was we Peanut. Where... One through four there as well. Oh, that's, that's when... Um... When you, had, you got over your fear you got over your fear of parrots yeah oh i'm terrified of parrots i don't trust parrots parrots are i'm so scared of parrots <laughs> <laughs> irrational fear number one on the list is parrots um but anyway <laughs> yeah we uh we we filmed uh, the first season there and yep. that's really funny that you lived down the road from that place what was your experience filming here did what in your thoughts of utah the food is great I love the food. You, yeah, you guys the, have some awesome restaurants there with some yeah. like spectacular cuisine. I, uh, so had, I really enjoyed going around the city and experiencing that and finding all the little fun coffee shops and places. And the city's really fun to be in. I had never uh, been to Salt Lake City before, but it was such a fun place to go and have lots of time to adventure around in. We filmed the first part of season, or we filmed season one in the beginning of summer. So everything was just turning beautiful and the days were getting longer in Salt Lake City. And we got lots of lemonade from the Rose establishment. I think it was maybe blueberry lemonade they had that was so good. And then we came back and filmed season two right at the beginning of fall and all of the leaves were turning and we got it's to go so up to- cold. I, we got, got to go so up to Park cold. City. 
It did. It got so cold. So we got to experience a little bit of the best of both worlds of Salt Lake City yeah. and its changes throughout the year. And, and I tell you, you guys know how to do Halloween, right? Like, oh, yeah. The, the Halloween Probably the most fun place has. I've ever been in Salt Lake That is the most fun I've ever had during Halloween. It was a blast. Yeah, I, I love Halloween here. And this, you know, this past Halloween, it basically didn't happen. I was I totally bummed out. I was... Yeah. That was the Grinch of Halloween. It's just the. I was planning to fly out there for Halloween um, last year, uh, just so that I could experience it all over again. And then obviously the world shut down, so we didn't get to. But it would well, be fun. You're welcome back this year. No, thank you. <laughs> so I want I wanted to get um, in your talk about your guys's um, your guys's. Well, sorry, your careers. Like, you know, how early did you start acting? I believe both of you started pretty early and, you know, some of your favorite projects throughout the years. I started acting when I was three and a half. So most of my earliest memories involve being on a set and growing up on a set. When I was little, I told my mom that being on set was my favorite playground. So I always really saw it as something fun, especially when getting to do a project like Dwight and Shining Armor, there's endless amounts of fun happening on set at all times whether it's stunt training or just laughing and making memories with the people that you're working with and that's always been um, something that's really drawn me to being on set is that environment of balancing having work with um, having fun and the people that you're with on set as well but as far as favorite projects that I've worked on anything that allows me to travel and experience a new place for sure like we were talking about with Salt Lake City. Oh nice and Sloan you? I um Probably my favorite part, I, I started acting when I was 10. I mean, I started theater when I was eight. And then I, I, you know, I didn't do a whole lot of theater when I was eight, but I did a little bit locally. And then when I was 10, I moved out to California to like start acting. I think some of my favorite projects have been like, I don't know, when I was first starting out, I did a lot of student films and those were a blast because, you know, it, it's almost like you're all figuring it out together. I mean, when you're, when you're a new actor and you, you've never really been on a set before and you start doing, you know, student films with people who are like, also just getting into the industry and understanding everything it's, it's kind of fun it's like I, there's a lot of those just gems that I got I got to do and then as far as more like professionally as, as time went on I mean I, I got a show on Amazon for three years called Gordimer Gibbons Life on Normal Street and uh, that was my first time being a series regular and it was it was I mean actually it was obviously very dear to my heart and um, it took out um, many important years of my growth and of my life and um, I, I don't regret any of it I mean it was it was I couldn't have spent those years in a better way. Um, and then aside from that, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, obviously Dwight and then other stuff I'm working on currently, um, but just everything throughout the years. I mean, I, I've been very lucky to be on sets with people that are all very kind and very welcoming. NCIS was really fun. That's a fun show with a really great cast and crew that are all like extremely, extremely nice. The very first day I got there, I ran into Mark Harmon and uh, I, I just kind of looked lost because I didn't know where I was going. And Mark Harmon was like, hey, Hey, uh, you 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 working on the show this week? And I was like, yeah. And he went, well, um, let me show you where the food is. He said, uh, it, it, to be happy on a set, you got to know where the food is. So let yeah. me introduce you. So he took me over to catering, and he introduced me to catering, and he introduced me to crafty, and he said, you need anything? They'll get it for you. All right, see you around. And then he left, and I was like, wow, that was that was, that was Mark Harmon. Uh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, who who inspires you guys, like the, uh, acting wise in life? you know comedically you know you're both hilarious on the show and have great chemistry what are some of your influences uh my my uh inspiration growing up uh were monty python and 
Gene Wilder um, and Mel Brooks and like like the, that group of uh, that era of comedy. Uh, my dad raised me on that. And so I, I wa- I've seen every single Monty Python film. I'm, I'm watching Flying Circus right now. Um, but Gene Wilder really like for his timing and his, his just essence, um, he was the one person I wanted to meet when I came to California. He was like the one actor I really wanted to meet. And unfortunately he passed away um, before you know, I got a chance to, to meet my idol. But um, yeah, he, he was, he, definitely he was my inspiration. Um, and then if, obviously, you know, as far as in life, I mean, my family's my inspiration, my friends, people I've met along the way, people with tremendous stories that like overcome um, challenges and, and, and put in the work and put in the effort and make things happen. I mean, I, I am inspired by anyone who perseveres, you know? Um, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. That kind of answers it. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can definitely tell you have so many comedy references, Sloan, to just roll off the bat from the moment I met you. I knew every single script that would come in. So I was like, is this, is this a um, allusion to Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Is this line supposed to sound like, like this? And you were so well-versed in it. This was my first experience. Um, Dwight and Jenning Armour was really working in an environment of doing a comedy. And I did not know what I was doing. And we went on to the pilot and every time Joel McCrary, who plays Baldrick would make a joke or improv, he would say something that wasn't in the script. And it was just mind blowing to me how he could come up with something so quickly and <laughs> every take say something different and it just kept getting funnier and funnier and funnier and that element of surprise really just has never gone away with me regarding Joel at least but he was a huge inspiration to me while filming the show um the first thing that my mom ever said to me about Joel was be a sponge Caitlin just soak up all of his humor and try to learn from him as I, much we as all learned a lot from Joel I mean he, he did he really just knows how to shake up a scene like if he wants to he can ruin the whole thing make everybody laugh if he wants to, he and he make, did, like, he did a lot. He did the time, yeah. But no, no, he's he's hilarious and he's he's smart. He's quick on his feet. I mean, especially when you get comfortable with these characters and with each other, and you like you know each other's timing, you know each other's you know go to responses or reactions. I mean, it's it's really fun to start playing around with that because it's one thing to start you know working on a show and improvising and throwing stuff in there every now and then and going, wow, I'm so funny. And then it's another thing to like work with people. And, 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 and to know exactly what kind of jokes are each other's weakness. Yeah, yeah, and know how to play off of one another and then really get into it. And that's funny. That's Joel that's, definitely has that power and he abused that power quite frequently with knowing yeah, exactly what would really make me laugh. All together and really like, he, he really taught us a lot. He's hilarious. Now, you said this is your first uh, thing into comedy. Your, your eyebrows do a lot of acting on the show. Did you study like any you know, silent actors to kind of get that kind of thing in your wheelhouse? Sloan or, Sloan or me? You. It's me, isn't it? I yeah. thought it was me. <laughs> I honestly, I'm going to have to say that I'm going to have to, I did it in the finale too, in the last scene of the show. I will say that's also a Joel-ism that I picked up. That comes from Joel and his expression of his eyebrows. He did, uh, he that, did throw that in there really early. I remember him doing that on the pilot and we were like, hey, we should. I was like, it. I can do that. So that that was just for Joel. Very nice. Because uh, I, I like Charlie Chaplin and uh, Kevin Smith is a silent Bob, you know. Oh, yeah. Facial expressions and those. So that, that's where my mind would go to when I would see your, your eyebrow acting. So yes, go go Charlie Chaplin. Don't give Joel any credit. Just just. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, we'll give Joel credit. He's awesome. Um, Danielle, she is also part of your, you mentioned Evan and 
him and let's talk to Danielle. What was she seems like a firecracker on set. She is. She she commands the scene. She she knows what she's doing because she does so much like work the night before. And then she just she I don't just, think she ever she sleeps. Strong personality that like you you gotta keep up with her, you know? I think um I was starting the show and figuring out who Greta was and finding my character. And she came in from her very first day on set to the very last day we wrapped. She knew exactly who she was. She knew who she was in her character as Hexala and was just so confident in every single action that she does. And that is so inspiring for sure. She makes some of the boldest choices and is so confident in them and it plays across so powerfully. charismatic as well is that she like, she makes such bold choices and she owns them. And exactly. that, I think that makes like a, a really good actor, you know, is like- And it makes her a fantastic scene movie. partner, just- Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Someone, de- obviously someone great to play off of. I mean, same thing with Joel and you and Evan, like, uh, like you guys, you're, you're bold. You make a choice, you stick with it. Doesn't matter if it worked or not. And then, and then everyone else works with it as well. And usually it works because, I mean, you're so confident about it. And uh, yeah, Danielle, Danielle is certainly one of those people, if not probably the boldest. She of them. was she was leading the charge and inspiring a lot of us to do the same. Awesome, love it. Um, what situations are most creative for you guys? Like um, when you're, you know, working on developing character, you know, you know, inspiration like you know Monty Python and things like that for these type of characters. Tell us about that process. Oh, so. So you mean the process or, or sort of, of like where we're most creative? Yeah, where you're most creative and also on top of that, you know, the process of kind of piecing these characters together. I'd say I'm, the, I'm the most creative when, you know, when, when I'm probably when I'm writing. I mean, probably like probably nothing to do with acting really, but like when I, I, I write a lot. So like when I write, I really just sit there and I let my mind run wild and, you know, I don't write scripts or anything. I write, I write novels and short stories and stuff because there it's like, you know, you're not restricted to a budget or you know realism in any of the, the you know sense of the word um so that's probably where i'm most creative um but as far as preparation for the role i did i did obviously watch a lot of gene wilder's timing and J- actually jason bateman's timing as well i mean um people that people that kind of resemble me and kind of resemble my voice and i kind of because i it was my first like comedy long-term comedy thing as well like I didn't really understand comedy and it, all the comedy I did I was usually the straight man I never I never got one-liners I never got the jokes I never got the funny you know stuff I mean I just had a funny reaction and then that'd be it so I guess in preparation for it I did really try and understand what it was to have the punchline and really understand how to get those one-liners out and and like really just be able to have a bit within a bit within a bit and uh, that was kind legend of- has it he sat in front of his mirror saying K just over and over until he found <laughs> oh, yeah. all of the different okay. versions. Actually, there's a funny video you have of me in the vampire costume pretending to be a vampire. <laughs> she just opened my, she heard me being a vampire because our trailer's right next to each other. And she just opened the door of filming and I was going like, Wah! in the mirror. And she, we just made eye contact and I was like, yeah. I, I need to post that on social media for everyone to see. You probably should. Do it, get, get those likes. Um. um I'm, I'm trying to think creatively. I definitely find myself expressing myself through projecting through other characters, I guess, but definitely I'm most creative in 
the second take. It's never the, a lot of actors say like, it's always the first take that feels the most raw and authentic. Every time I do a first take of the scene, I'm overthinking everything I say. And I'm thinking, oh, I I'm usually how that came out. My 80th take. I usually, <laughs> I usually get 80 takes and then the 80th one is the one they use. Yeah, Sloan and I are just known for asking, can, can we have one more? Can we get one more take, please? <laughs> Very nice. Um, I'm just looking over my questions here. Um, well, in the research, I saw that you both do comic book related uh, projects. Um, Sloan, you're um, part of a video game where you're voicing Robin. Uh, tell us about doing voiceover work. Yep, I mean, I, I can't talk a whole lot about it, um, but it, it's been it's been a dream come true. I mean, I've been reading comic books since I could read and like playing video games since I can hold a controller. So it, they're like two of my favorite things put into one. And so being able to play a character that I grew up watching and reading about and everything, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally my dream job. So I'm like, I'm exactly where I want to be, you know, and, and I'm very thankful for that because not many people can say that. Uh, what about you, Caitlin? What, what were you referring to, Dylan? Uh, your uh, uh, comic book related projects. You were on an episode of Agent Carter. Just want to hear about that. You're on Agent Carter? Yeah, I died. What, what did you do on Agent Carter? <laughs> I died. I love Agent Carter. <laughs> I, I got killed. Wait, what episode? Um, I want to say, I'll, I'll have to look up which episode it was, but I was in um, a flashback sequence it, it, doing a fight scene in the type of like Russian boarding school that they were at and we're reciting the lines from Snow White over and over in so American cool. accents. That was, you. That, that, was, that was one of my first experiences. Um, yeah, sort of, I guess, with stunt training and doing hands-on combat like that. And who would have known that I would end up on Dwight and Shining Armor doing it for five seasons? Oh my gosh, I got to rewatch Agent Carter now. <laughs> I have to I'll, I'll, I'll send you my clip. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, series finale. Let's talk the series finale. That aired last night, you know, this Monday, the 24th. Um, how do you, how, what's your thoughts on how it closed the show and kind of, you know, brought the characters full circle? Well, first of all, spoiler warning. Oh yeah, spoilers. Take it away, Caitlin. <laughs> oh no, I was, I was saying take, take it away, you can start. Uh, well, thoughts on the series finale? Um, I feel like there, there's so much story to our show, right? There's so much possibility as far as the characters and the environment and everything that uh, it, al it almost feels like not enough in a way because there is so much possibility. So I'm, I'm sad to see it end because I think there's so much more we could have done. Uh, but obviously you're limited to budget and time and episodes and, you know, stuff like that. So I think as far as the ending that we, the, that we did thankfully get, um, I, think, I think it was cool for Dwight to finally, like there's a moment in there where Dwight, you see Dwight take a stand and decide for the first time, I, I would say, not, you know, cause you see it in Dead Dead, you see him be a champion and do the right thing and save the day. But I think, I think it's another thing entirely from knowing how to solve a problem to not knowing how to solve a problem and deciding to do something about it anyway. And so in Dead Dead, he knew how to solve the problem and he went for it and he did it. And he made the choice because it was almost destined to be. And with Hammond, uh, when, you know, when he confronts him and he says like, you know, there's no reason you have to die today. I mean, Dwight kind of makes that decision of like, you know, obviously he didn't do uh, too much, but in that moment, he stood in front of Greta and he kind of puffs his chest out and his eyes are certain and he's, he's ready. He's ready to do what he has to do because he is a champion. 
And I think that's where everything comes full circle for him is in that exact moment. And I really, really love that. And, um, you know, obviously for all the other characters, I mean, I, I won't speak for Greta, but like for, for everyone else, I really think, I mean, the proposal, I cry. Every time I see the proposal, I cry. My heart was bursting. Oh my God, it's beautiful. Because that, that was built, it's built up for so long. And, and, and we didn't get to see that scene being filmed. No, we, did, we didn't see any of Baldrick and Hexel and Regana's stuff. Um, but like, as, as time went on with Hexel's character, I mean, you really saw her heart warm. And you really saw Baldrick sort of let go of, of Greta and let her be her own princess. I mean, he was very protective and very loyal and you know, as time went on, Baldrick has kind of like decided that he has his own life and that he can be with Hexla if he wants to. He can juggle both. Uh, and then Clodwig showing up being, Clodwig is Clodwig, he never changes. <laughs> but like, I, I think as far as the characters go, they all really, they, they all really have growth. Maybe, maybe their growth isn't final. Like I think, I think they, obviously they could go in another direction still in the future, but the show's over, so there's no possibility of that. But as far as the ending we got, um, I think everyone did grow a lot. And I think uh, I'm happy with where the characters were. Yeah, um, I, I really don't think I could have said it better, Sloan, but I, I agree with those feelings of we were all so sad to see this story come to an end. And it was a, a little bit like, I, I felt a little crazy towards the end because I had all of these adventures I had come up with in my head that our characters were going on in their day-to-day -day lives and that I was thinking about and realizing that those really just existed only in my head or in Greta's see, mind. I would have liked to see you be crowned queen. That would have been really cool. I know we all had all of these ideas of we things that so in the future ideas. of the things yeah. that we wanted to happen eventually. And um, I saw someone comment on the season finale post on the Dwight and Shining Armor Instagram about a Baldrick and Hexla wedding. And I was like, yes, that's what I want to yeah, see. Be awesome. I was I was excited for that since day one. I mean, we get so invested in these characters and in this story because we love it so much, you know, like we're, we're so um, in, invested and involved in this story that uh, it, obviously our minds run wild with um, with ideas of how it could go. And obviously when you're finally given that final, like this is how it is and that and that's it, that's the end. It's like, oh no, all of this, all of this amazingness. And then they kind of leave it open in a way to where you, you, you've seen all the stuff that happens after this, right? You've seen all, essentially every episode that's occurred. I mean, they'll have to go through it again, but now they have this new knowledge and now they're all different and they're all changed and they're all a family. And I think the show was about finding family at heart. I think, you know, Dwight's parents were gone. He didn't have a lot of friends. Greta's always been on the run, right? Um, like Baldrick has always been there for Greta. Hexel has never really had anyone. Claudley's never had anyone. And I think at the beginning of the story, all these people are separate. And then towards the end, in that last shot, you see that they're, they're officially a family. And I, I think that that's what it's all been about since the beginning. That was, that was so perfectly said, Sloan. I think seeing all of our characters come full circle in this period of growth that they've been on for five seasons and something about those flashbacks in finale part one of seeing how much our characters have grown from the first time we met them to their some of their uh, biggest arcs in seasons three and four and then watching how they've really become a family throughout season five is so impactful and I personally just loved getting to play Greta and seeing her uh, open this vulnerable side of herself to Dwight really for the first time and letting her walls down and, and knowing that Dwight would choose to do it all over again if he could and which we will end up doing is um what that was probably one of my favorite scenes and our favorite uh, I never noticed that before that that line said I do it all again um and then we end up having to do it all again I never noticed I just noticed that uh, that is a really good observation, Caitlin. And I, I really feel like that scene in the bathroom stall, which was one of the funniest things to film for some reason, but that oh, scene is- So many jokes made. I, I, can, I can imagine 
I can imagine Greta in the past having that conversation play over and over again in her head because I feel like there was this internal struggle for her of do I want to force Dwight into becoming my champion again do I want to put him through this again but knowing that she knows how much Dwight loves her and she allows herself to love him the same is such a sweet moment together. And then of course, the Baldrick and Hexilla proposal, which was one of my favorite moments of the finale. Just the dip, the kiss, everything. I'm oh, such a hopeless romantic. Perfection. The lipstick on the mouth. Perfection. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. the dip was the, like the, the cherry on top for me. <laughs> it was. That was probably, honestly, a Danielle and Joel idea. I think, I, I want to say it was, but I, I, I can't take was, credit yeah. for that. Um, I, think, I think that's all my questions. I do have bonus questions. Um, the first one is, what does creativity mean to you? Either one. It means freedom, I think. I think creativity is just another word for, for freedom. Because it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's having your mind run wild with any idea you can conceive. Um, it's being able to make those ideas uh, form into words, form into stories, form into, you know, things, form into um, inventions in the future and the present. And I, I think that creativity is, is truly freedom. It's truly being able to have free roam of your own mind. I like that. That's that beautiful. was very creatively said. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to say to me, creativity is probably vulnerability. And maybe I'm just saying this because I'm thinking about this Greta and Dwight arc that I was just <laughs> talking about, but um, allowing yourself to be open with every part of yourself and however you choose to express every side of yourself in that way. Love it. Uh, the next one is, who is your favorite Muppet and why? Gonzo. Because Muppets from Space is my favorite Muppets movie. <laughs> and that was a Gonzo movie. <laughs> Sloan is secretly a huge Muppets fan. Can yeah, my favorite song of all time that? is Rainbow Connection by Kermit the Frog. Oh, very nice. I remember I was, um, we were filming an audition once and you wanted to play that song. And he was like, oh, this is the song I need to get sad. And I was like, this is one of the happiest songs ever. It's just so sweet, though. <laughs> Mm, I'm I'm trying to think. I'm I think I'm I think I'm gonna say Queen Janice is probably my favorite. Uh, like that's that's what I'm gonna pick. But I, I can't compete with Sloan and his diehard Muppet fandom. I I love the Muppets. I, the Muppets movie with uh, Jason Segel, no relation. Um, is it, the the manner of Muppets song is so funny. I I quote it every day. <laughs> I I met him up at Sundance for a couple of minutes sweetest guy yeah he um did you get to see the show dispatches from elsewhere yes love it what a fantastic idea talk about creativity talk about creativity and expression i think that show is phenomenal i mean truly like like it really was that andre 3000 that was andre 3000 wasn't it yeah yeah show? it was i didn't even know we acted <laughs> dylan uh, oh who is your favorite muppets character gonzo yeah <laughs> <laughs> Indy, who's your favorite uh, Muppet character? Oh my God, Ralph! She, Ralph, okay. I didn't see the dog. That's a cute dog. Yeah, this is Indiana Spudnik. He's a mini schnauzer. Oh, he's adorable. So cute. He, he's the one keeping me sane because I work from home every day. So, and then the last uh, question is: It's always weird to ask actors this question, but uh, in the movie of your life, who would you want to play you? Oh, uh, wow. 
who okay wait we need a second to think about this one uh, adult me or young me or <laughs> that's, that's what i was thinking yeah whatever <laughs> it'd be so funny to see rami malik play me <laughs> <laughs> i would love to see that i would love to see his interpretation of me especially his dwight scenes <laughs> yeah that'd be really fun <laughs> we're just so different <laughs> you know but he's so a chameleon though i can't oh, wait to see the new james bond i gotta see mr robot I really got to see it. Yeah, I really Mr. think uh, the next James Bond should be Idris Elba. I got. I gotta say, Idris Elba oh, would be an awesome James got Bond. Got to. Yeah. Sloan, who do you who do you think could play me in a movie of my life? I'm really torn on this answer. Could play you in a movie of your life? I feel. I feel like every every well, answer I'm gonna play so many people in movies about their lives. <laughs> I know I've played so many young versions of people. I feel like it's weird to pick an older version of myself. I could. The older version. Maybe like maybe I'd get Scarlett Johansson. She has yeah, such an yeah. such an iconic such an iconic voice. Can you imagine Scarlett Johansson and um and there's Rami Malek doing scenes as Greta and Dwight? <laughs> and and we get um Kevin Chamberlain from Jesse to play Joel. <laughs> oh boy. Or John Goodman. Okay, that that's a good one too. <laughs> there we go. Well, that, that's all I've got. Um, what what projects do you have coming up that you want to share, or where can people uh, keep an eye on what you're doing? Uh, my upcoming movie, Midnight in the Switchgrass, comes out this July. So looking forward to that. And there should be a trailer coming out soon. And all more details about it should be shared soon. But it's definitely giving me something to look forward to this summer. And with movie theaters opening back up, it's going to be a perfect way to get to see it for the first time. Nice. Uh, you can follow me on all social media. It's just my name, Sloan Siegel. And uh, Gotham Knights, the video game, is is uh, the the thing to look forward to for me. Very nice. I have to learn how to use an Xbox controller or PS4, whichever one it I is. I will happily teach you. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll come over and get a lesson before before the game comes out. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. This was awesome. It was an awesome bookend to interviewing. Uh, Brian and Leanne at the beginning, you guys at the end. I love the show. It's been an awesome five seasons, and 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 thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank, thank you, you so much for having show. us, Dylan. Thank you for taking the time. We appreciate oh. you and 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 your commitment and love and effort and yeah. Thank you for everything. The podcast is done, man. <laughs>